are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt podcast. Welcome back, guys, and thank you for joining us here on Nerd from the Crypt, the podcast where we review your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies and interview indie creators about their upcoming and ongoing Kickstarter campaigns. My name's Saul. And I'm Greg. We're back here for another episode of Available on Kickstarter. Once again, that episode might, I mean, that title might change in the next couple of weeks here. Um, I'm actually thinking about spinning it off into its own podcast. I'm not sure. Its own podcast? What? <laughs> that way, that way, people who are just here for the for the Kickstarter episodes can just in between the, the horror stuff. You know, they don't want the horror and the gore. They just want the the Kickstarter uh, and, and all that support stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Remember, guys, we are now fully um, on the Spoilerverse uh, network. <gasps> so, guys, go to spoilerverse.net. Uh, Spoilerverse dot com uh, yes. is really what it, what it's going to be at. So, guys, find us there. We're among the uh, what is it now? Right now, there's about ten to fifteen podcasts, yeah, uh, and all different types of um, nerd culture genres. And you guys can see not only podcasts but there's blogs there talk about upcoming um, movies, uh, uh, comic books, uh, mm-hmm. seasons of uh, yeah, I see right now uh, for Cobra Kai. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you get a little bit of everything. Some cooking recipes, workout regimens. Unfortunately, have that story. They have the story about Rick Rick Moranis getting punched in the face. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, um, that's yeah. He's well. doing okay, but he's doing okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we are uh, fully on there. Make sure to go there and um, and support the podcast. Or or you can also go back to our original um, website, Nerds FTC. It'll yeah. direct you to the episodes there on on Spoiler. So either way, you can you can find our podcast there. Oh yeah. All right. Like I said, we're going to be doing available on Kickstarter episode three, yes. and uh, we're going to be having two two interviews for you guys today. And the first interview is um, I I consider it a little bit more uh, personal for me because it's um, about my culture. Sweet. <laughs> so we're going to be going into that to that interview here shortly. Um, so once again, guys, thank you, and um, we'll we'll just get into that into the interview right now. All right, so today we have uh, two guests here, uh, Kevin Garcia and Emmanuel Valtiera. Hey, man, um, thanks for having us. Well, my pleasure, my pleasure. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing just fine. I mean, we just woke up. So <laughs> there's no way for us There's no way for us to, like, do him bad so far, but maybe later. <laughs> we're recording so in the morning, but it's, it's midnight somewhere. It's true. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you're right about well, that. Greg is actually on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, so he's uh, he's at he's at uh, seven a.m. over there. It's still <laughs> it's still Damn, foggy Greg. out, and uh, again, um, it is it it's it's like you know it's it's super silent hilly outside. So <laughs> that adds to the Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Greg's a, a good sport, but I mean, he wakes up before I do here in, in Texas. So um, I, my dogs, and then I got my flu shot the other day, and I forgot like how bad these things. You know, I was trying to be responsible. I got my eighty-nine-year-old grandma at the house with us, and you know, trying to be responsible, and I forget how bad these things hurt. And I woke up this morning, and it felt like somebody like just hit me in my arm super hard. But I was like, I gotta get up. This thing hurts so bad. <laughs> And the cat was sleeping on me, so it was it, it was just a. I was trying to take circles. Circles. Yeah, uh, it, yes, of course, that's what cats do. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about the Kickstarter campaign for Teoatl. Um, how how do uh, how did you say that, that they've been pronouncing it so that uh, so I can be a little bit Teoatl. more Americanized? Teoatl. No, no, you, 
Oh, you want to do it more Americanized? Yeah, oh, Kevin, <laughs> you go for it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, te, I was I, I would say Teotl. Uh, it's because uh, it, it's a combination of, of uh, two base words, uh, Teo, which which could mean like uh, godly, religious, uh, not religious, sorry, godly, spiritual, um, like higher than man, and then Atl, which just just means water. Um, I mean, on, on its surface, it just means ocean, but it can also mean like sacred water or holy water, but. Uh, metaphorically, especially in the, in the older forms of Nahuatl, it uh, it meant like the blood of sacrifice, the blood of battle, blood for the gods. Oof. Now, before we jump yeah. into the actual Kickstarter and the project, let's get a little bit of you know backstory on you. How did you get to this point here where we're doing the Kickstarter campaign? Well, I, I mean, talking about the the you know the gods and and you're talking about culture and, and our, our ancestral culture you know that that's something that has always been very close to my heart but as far as being being a creator uh, I've been a, a professional writer for about 20 years now I spent uh, the first decade or so of that working as a journalist I spent uh, the second decade uh, you know primarily as a teacher as a, my day job is, is a high school teacher uh, teaching journalism but uh, but for the last 10 years I worked as a researcher and writer for Marvel comics as part of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe team. So that was a lot of fun, you know, getting to go through decades of Marvel history and, and condense it all into prose. Um, and, but, but I've always wanted to create my own comics. I've always wanted to do my own stuff. And, and I, I gave talks to a lot of comic cons. And very often I would talk about, uh, you know, mythology and gods and, and, you know, the early heroes from before comic books were a thing. And uh, I met Emmanuel at, at a, a Latino comic con here in Texas. And, you know, after I gave one of my talks and I, and I saw his amazing work, he came up to me and said, Hey, what if we do a project together? And I was like, yes, we must do this. Uh, and, uh, and that, that's basically it. You know, that's, that's how it all came about. Um, I mean, be a little more specific. Uh, we both agreed it had to be about Mesoamerica and, and uh, ancient Mexico. I, I wanted to do Mayans that uh, he says, no, Mayans are boring. Aztecs, they're badass. So, uh, <laughs> so then we went move forward like that. Hey, Manuel, how about you? Well, I don't have 20 years of career like Kevin, but it's because I'm not as old as him. Like, I'm like 45 <laughs> and I'm like 25. <clears throat> For the so record, uh, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, call, he calls me mijo and I call him viejo. <laughs> <laughs> should be the other way around. But like, I, I it call be, but that's just how everyone mijo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, I mean, what Kevin said, we made a Dallas Comic Con. or What yeah. was the name of it, Kevin? Yeah, Dallas Comic Con. The, the, the Texas Casino Comic Con. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, well, he was pretty cool, and I like him. And then uh, he told me what he used to do or what he was doing at the moment, like writing for Marvel. And then uh, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was just talking to him. I was like, this guy is super handsome. I want to work with him. And uh, that, that, that that's, too, all, like, that's all true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we met again like a year after. And I was like, hey, man, I mean, we should totally do something together because you, you you like Aztecs, right? You like Mexico. Like, well, I've never been there, but, uh, yeah, I kind of like it. Uh, so we're like, yeah, let's let's do something together, and uh, yeah, we were deciding what to do. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, like my dream has been like since I was little has been uh, drawing comics, and uh, I finally got to do it, and uh, I thank Kevin for it. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And we had the project on Kickstarter running, and it's doing well. Teowatil. Um, and I hopefully I, I pronounce it the same way each time that I say it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah we, we went a lot of back and forth on the title. And it's, the key is there, pick a title as hard for people to pronounce and remember as possible. That, that, that's what makes it, wait, I don't know if that's a good, yeah, well. <laughs> I like it. I, I, I feel like I already, I've already uh, pronounced it a couple t- different times, uh, different ways here. Uh, what What is the, the I guess, the uh, 
the basic concept of it. Um, and then we'll, we'll get into a little bit more. Um, so when, when Emmanuel told me he wanted to do Aztecs, you know, I, I have, you know, a big love for, for all that. I've, I've been studying mythology at home since I was a little kid. And I have shelves after shelf in my house of books on mythology from all around the world. Uh, and it's actually part of my, my master's degree as well. But, um, so, so when he said he wanted to do Aztecs, I, I gave him a couple different ideas. So what if we did, you know, this story, what if we did that story? And he's like, well, no, I've already done a similar project to that, or no, I don't really want to do that part. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know, there are a lot of stories out there about the end of the empire. Like there's a lot of comics out there about, you know, the Aztecs versus the Spaniards and stuff, but I've never seen one about the foundation of the empire. And specifically, uh, you know, when I said that he was first thinking, you know, the, 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 the beginning of their nomadic journey, if you know anything about the, the people we call Aztecs, they call themselves Mexica. Uh, they began their journey with this pilgrimage being led by their God for, you know, hundreds of years. But I just wanted to look at the last few years of that, just the part where they get up to that iconic scene of the eagle, the snake, the uh, cactus on the, on the rock, uh, you know, what led directly up to that? Because there's a lot of stories about that that are just not retold a lot, certainly not in the U S um, you know, there, there, there are retellings of it uh, in cartoons uh, that aired in Spanish television and stuff like that, that were, I'm, I mean, some of these that I saw as a kid and forgot about, and Manuel, you know, he pointed them out to me. I was like, yes, these are great. But this is a story that we wanted to tell. So it's the foundation of the Aztec Empire. And I'm basing it on tons of uh, several books, I guess. I guess tons is the wrong word. Several books that were written like two, 300 years after the conquest um, and, and a little bit on modern uh, research, primarily because we're not telling it as a history. We're telling it as a legend. And while the original stories didn't have like a main character, uh, we decided to, you know, base it all around some, some uh, over the top manlier men than manly men could be, uh, you know, big warriors that are going to just be able to take on armies by themselves and have them be the, the, the protagonists of our story as we tell the founding of Tenochtitlan. I am looking at the, uh, the artwork now. Yeah, as we're, we're speaking, and you guys, yeah, you had sent over. I know some. the artist. The artist is pretty cool. You should you should talk to him. He's pretty cool. He's pretty yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. <laughs> he's quiet. Right? He's also very quiet. Or maybe he's not as talkative as you are. Yeah, that's what you know. I wanted to mention down something. To. It's not that you're quiet. It's that I talk too much. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, just uh, yeah. Never mind. Anyways, uh, so I wanted to mention because <laughs> you said like we don't get those stories here in the U.S., right, Kevin? Yeah, exactly. Well, I- I'll tell you what. We don't get those stories in Mexico either. Not enough, not enough. No, no, like we don't get them at all. Like when when we go to school or when I, mm-hmm. yeah, people that's going to school in Mexico, they get a, the history book. The history book starts like when the Spanish arrive, sadly. Like I never got any background. I mean, yeah, we get like, yeah, uh, Tenochtitlan uh, was mm-hmm. founded with uh, the snake and the, and the eagle. But that was it. They don't tell you how. They don't tell you why. They had like maybe three paragraphs uh, dedicated to it. And then it's all like, and the Spanish arrive, and that's when the the textbook starts. Well, well, I want I want to add to what Manuel said real quick. The thing is, is that I when I first started teaching, I was teaching American English, and the very first page in the American literature book is Columbus arriving. It's like saying mm-hmm. there were no books in the Americas until these European guys got here, and th- and that just annoyed the hell out of me. I told my students that you know day one, I said, look, I know this is the first page here, but there were books in America before the Europeans ever got here, and they were mm-hmm. written in Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And so, so I agree with Manuel that it was just annoyed me as a teacher that they didn't cover this stuff enough. I think is because back in the day, and especially after the the Spanish arrived, the mestizos were looked at as inferior, and um, 
and you, we can probably still find some of that now, but find a lot of that now. It's like the, the stories of of old just don't get don't get brought up anymore, and that's what I've always hated. Um, even going back to Querétaro, where my my grandparents were from, I would find these little pamphlets where it would be like someone someone decided they were going to go ahead and try to collect some of these stories, and I'm like, why don't we have more of these? Um, and it's always like, like you said, the, the, the Spanish, it's always about after the Spanish actually arrived. So I, when I, as, as soon as I saw this project, I'm like, Oh, I got it back and I got to reach out to them. <laughs> just, I, I, just, I have to say for anyone that's, that's into that, that 80s style art, this is a book that you need to jump on because go take a look at these pages, go take a look at the stuff that, uh, that is, that is in these pages. This art, I, you sir are awesome. This is beautiful. Um, looking at each one of these panels, and it just drips with just delicious shading tones, just everything. Did you do like every every aspect of that? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I mean, holy, that's crap. all me. I don't have anyone helping me. You are blowing my mind. These are these are fantastic. Thank you. He's thank got you. me. Getting I know it's gonna get better with time. I mean, this is my first comic. I'm still like experimenting like different things, but uh, thanks a lot for the flowers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is a these like the and it and I'm pretty sure it's included right the the the, the where it says under narrative in the kicker it has like the old school old school. Um, oh, yeah, aspect, that's the first like, page. Painting. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you did you go ahead and research that and make sure you you try to capture that specifically to the way they used to draw? Oh man, I- I've been doing that for years. I mean, the, the codex style art, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what I actually do. Like I normally don't draw, like, I don't want to say realistic because they don't look realistic on the comic. Well, like I normally draw on that style. Like if you visit my uh, social media, um, I want to say 85% of my art is like that style, like uh, pre-Hispanic, like codex art. Yeah, I'm actually at your, on your um, Instagram right now. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. I mean, you, you can tell. I mean, that's what I like drawing. And if you um, I, if you have his name, look up Codex Valtieta. That is amazing. Codex Valtieta. He did he did an entire alt history book done in the style of an Aztec codex. Oh, uh, as if what if the Aztecs beat the Spaniards during the conquest? And it is just like everybody who's seen it goes, "How come I don't own a copy of this already?" Because it's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because it's not out there. The only place people ever buy it is directly from you. And, and that's that's fair because it's kind of a hard thing to keep in print. But but it's like every time somebody sees it, they're like, tell me how I can buy this. And I point them in his direction. Yeah, well, yeah I, I need, I'm going to need to get, get away from the Instagram because I'm going to be um, I'm going to be looking at all this stuff. And then I'm going to be like, wait, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, so I'll go back and I'll go back and watch that. Uh, well, look at that, that interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be his afterwards. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The comic is about the beginning of the of the empire, where they're they're wandering, looking looking for their their promised land, pretty much, right? Well, it's the last few steps where they find mm-hmm. it because um, they they were traveling for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. but then they spent like a couple decades just fifteen miles away from their final destination, and this is about that that journey of those last fifteen miles. For those for those that don't know the story, do you want to uh, kind of tell it what what they were looking for? Okay, well, then, but we have to mention that it's not based on the pilgrimage scroll. Uh, scroll. Uh, but we, we can mention it if you want well, to. Well, just, just tell them the background of it because that, that leads up to where we're at right now. That's why I'm Okay, saying. so they used to live in Aztlán. That's, uh, that's why they're called Aztecs, Aztlán Aztecs. 
And uh, one day, the God which the Apostle calls them. Uh, there were, I believe, seven families or six. Kevin, just help me with uh, that one. So the, the seven caves. Yeah, seven caves that belong, like each cave belonged to one of uh, each family from Aztlán. So they had like a small reunion in which the Apostle is like, you know what? Um, it's time to move on. It's time to go to a, a different place to live. And uh, they have the reasons. They uh, pack everything together. They The story says like they were carrying the God, which is possibly, which is kind of funny. I mean, imagine carrying a guy for like a thousand miles or whatever. Yeah, they and had four people in charge of carrying him. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were going south until, uh, oh, and, and this, uh, which will possibly say like, you're going to leave when you find a, an eagle eating a snake. And uh, yeah, they, they went south and everything. They had some uh, adventures on the way there. And uh, one day they were just right next to uh, Tennessee Clan without knowing. It wasn't Tennessee Clan yet. And they were there for a few months or years. Kevin knows more about this. He will tell you in a second. And uh, I'll start, oh, the story begins there. Like when they settled and they have like a small town, but still not Tennessee Clan. So right before our story begins, like uh, uh, less than a generation before, uh, they had come to Lake Texcoco, which is the, in the Valley of Mexico, where there already were established uh, civilizations. These were places that were uh, much more established, much more well-equipped, much well more uh, like technologically advanced in the Mexica. Um, and they came in and almost immediately started some fights. Uh, so much so that there was like a, a major war where several different civilizations, I say civilizations, each one's like a city state, mm-hmm. several city states that, that rose up against them. And one of their enemies ended up taking them in saying, kind of took pity on them and said, all right, fine, you can stay within our protection area, but you have to be our mercenaries. You have to be our, you know, hired guns, so to speak, uh, minus the guns. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so, so at this point, the Mexica are respected as warriors but they're looked down upon as second-class citizens. They are not the the elite, and the elite are you know see them as, as useful cannon fodder, and that's all they are. But the Mexica know they have a destiny. They know that Wichley Postley has told them they will find their promised land, and when they find their promised land, they will become the dominant force in, of the land. Um, and so it's just about those last few steps, which you know I, I, you guys are, are nerds from the crypt, so you're you're all about the the blood and the guts. Um, I got to say that. Um, one thing about this story, and probably part of the reason it isn't told a lot, is because th- there's many different versions of it, but pretty much in every single version of it, there's a lot of blood and guts. So there is a lot of, of uh, very distinctly Mexica violence that, that happens that's going to be part of the story. I keep getting lost in the, in the artwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um, oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, the goal for this particular campaign is to release it in English, right? But there's also going to be a Spanish version. So so there's going to be a physical version in English and digital version is going to have English and Spanish. And since we've had several people ask about it, we've we're now made a stretch goal where we're going to see if we can find a, a Nahuatl translator. Uh, I, I'm writing the English one, obviously. Uh, my Spanish is, is near, near non-existent. I say I speak Spanish the way Tarzan speaks English. You know, me hungry, wear food. <laughs> uh, so Manuel's going, to do this. Manuel's going to do the Spanish translation because he's so familiar with it. But to me, um, translation is very important. Uh, so, uh, like whatever language you go to, it must be you know true to the tone and 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 the the characters. And if there's any puns, get see if you can get a relevant pun in that culture and language. So we'll see if we can find somebody. I, we know some people, but it's about whether or not they want to take the time to help us out. That's something else. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, just this is just kind of throwing. Um, I had I think I had told you I had just done another interview with with uh, his name is Kevin Garcia. 
And a horrible um, name. I'm, I'm, so sorry, I'm sorry, Jason <laughs> Garcia. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, whoa, double down on the Kevins. <laughs> no, believe me. Look, look, I, I, I hated my name as a child because you can't get any whiter than Kevin and Garcia is like the Spanish version of Smith. Uh, but but but, yeah, but, true. but but at least it was my name. But at least it was my name, you know. Yeah. But then as I got to be an adult, there were more and more Kevin Garcias, all younger than me. But there were more Kevin Garcias. So it's like, ah, man, yeah, I hated my name, but it was my name. <laughs> I, I, uh, like I imagined you like trying to find your uh, like, like a website with your name, and it's always like occupied. You cannot buy it. <laughs> I own KevinGarcia.com. No one else can own it. Do you really? <laughs> yes, it, it was a birthday present to myself years ago. Oh, that's so. Oh, wow. Like all, all, all the other Kevin Garcias out there have to be Kevin Garcia something dot com. I'm Kevin Garcia. Oh, that's crazy. Screw those guys. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I totally, I totally messed up the name. His name is Jason Gonzalez. I'm sorry. I was, I was saying your name again for some reason. Oh, J- Jason Gonzalez. Yeah, I know yeah. him. Gonzo. Uh, so this yeah, is yeah. the 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 La Mano del Destino. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, man. He and I have been talking the past few weeks, actually. Awesome, awesome. I was gonna say uh, y'all need to co- collaborate here because you guys kind of have uh, your your stuff is a little bit um, more in the in the in the history books further back. His is more in the seventies, eighties kind of thing. But right, it's but still both of them are over the top, uh, over the top heroics of that kind of like Santo exactly. kind of vibe. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. like El Santo goes back in time. He gets <laughs> to like where the Aztecs. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. nice. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I actually had Greg uh, watch uh, El Santo and Blue Demon versus Los Monstros. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So uh, good. So. I love those. So, yeah. I love them. Yeah. So we're, we're thinking of doing other, other episodes where we're, we're watching it live on YouTube and we're yes. just, we're just, it's just us talking over it and uh, seeing uh, what, what we thought, thought of it. So you we, know, we'll have to get on. I was tripping. I was smoking and uh, I was thinking like, how would it be? If Nolan uh, makes a El Santo, whoa! <laughs> Just like the way he did Batman. Yeah, like, can you imagine that? Yeah, I was I was tripping like big time. <laughs> you, you you really want to freak out? You need to check out Three Dev Adam. That is literally a, oh, yeah, a yeah. Turkish movie that is Captain America and Santo versus evil cannibal Spider Man, and it's a uh, big mustache. Yeah, with a bit with huge fluffy. No, that's eyebrows. the Italian work. Uh, eyebrows. No, no, they're, they're, yeah, the Italian one has the mustache. The the uh, Turkish one. You don't see Spider-Man's mustache, but he's got giant eyebrows that pop out of his mask. What? <laughs> so how come you're hiding this from me? We need to watch this, dude. Well, no, we will. Oh. We will. Oh, man. There are so many versions of Spider-Man out there. Japanese Spider-Man was oh, the last thing I wrote about for Marvel, and, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. No, I've watched, I've watched a handful of those. They're good. <laughs> well, I've watched well, every uh, single one. We've uh, we derailed. Uh, we do that a lot here in the podcast. It's okay. Um, choo choo. So do you want to do you want to tell us the characters in the story? Well, so Manuel, uh, you know, he said he, here's what happened. You know, I mentioned the story that I wanted to do the the founding of Tenochtitlan, and he said that he wanted to do a story that was kind of like uh, you know Sin City or Three Hundred, where you have these over the top heroes that that do things that a normal person shouldn't be able to do, but they're still technically normal people. So, okay, so that means the main character has to be a tank. And, and honestly, every time Emmanuel has drawn him, he's gotten bigger and bigger. Uh, that's, that's, and I know I'm good with that. I love that idea. I love the idea that he's just becoming more and more exaggerated because this is not, not, a, not a true story so much as, as a true myth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then he, the other thing he told me is that he wanted him to have like a, a team of, of, of fellow heroes, team of people that work with him. So I uh, you know, dug through history and I found uh, various people – Everybody who's named in our story 
is somebody who, according to one record or another, was alive in 1325 in the Valley of Mexico. Huh. Uh, so so uh, for our main, main characters, we've given them all nicknames, primarily because a lot of the Nahuatl names are, you know, Hard to pronounce. five, six syllables. And and it's... <laughs> I, 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 not all the readers are going to be able to pick up on that. So I figured, all right, let's try to give everybody to like two or three syllable names. Then we'll just keep it at that. Uh, so everybody's got a nickname, and each one of their names is a word in Nahuatl. So, for example, our main character we're calling him Estayo, which just means salty. And, uh, yeah, that applies to him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we got him. He's our main, main character, uh, backed up by his uh, his homeboys, I guess. Um, uh, Tenki and Nochli, who are, are also Mexica. They're warriors, but they're each at a different rank, so their, co- their clothing is, is reflecting that. And then we got Jometal, who is actually from the ruling class of the of the city that brought in the Mexica Colocan, but he is best friends with these guys regardless. He's always with them, helping train them and that kind of stuff. And joining them, we have a couple princesses. And then that's part of the thing is that I keep calling this a sword and sorcery comic because it's taking those kind of tropes of like 300 or, or Conan the Barbarian and stuff and just kind of like having fun with those. So you have this super masculine main character and then we have these super feminine, you know, princesses uh, that are here as well. We're from the ruling class. And as the story, you know, we're only working on chapter one right now as far as the Kickstarter goes. But but as the story concludes, they're all going to have more fleshed out personalities and and, and uh, backgrounds instead of just, you know, manly hero, uh, uh, feminine princess. You know, there's going to be way more than that as they go. Yeah, pretty much the first issue we're talking about the heroes. It does the instru- introduction to the heroes and the villain. And then uh, issue number two, we will like, r- well, Kevin wrote more about the princesses. Yeah. And they're, they're going to take like two. a bigger uh, place in the comic. So what is the the overall plan for the comic? How many issues are you guys planning in? Or are you guys going to just keep trying to go as much as you can? How? You, what is the plan? This is no, not no, an the, ongoing series. Yeah, it's going to have an ending. Yes, uh, It's going to take probably between six and seven issues. Okay. Exactly, yeah. It's a good story. Um, and uh, we, we originally talked about doing this issue by issue. And, and I know this first campaign has been going really well. But I honestly feel like you're going to get diminishing returns. Uh, it's going to, even if, even if everybody who reads it loves it, you're not going to get the same kind of turnout for chapter three or four that you do for chapter one. So what we've been talking about is if we can get enough hype going, maybe we can put out issue chapter one as, as a solitary issue and then do the rest as a completed graphic novel with each of the chapters together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned earlier that the codex style, that old style Aztec art, that's going to be the opening of each chapter is going to have a codex kind of looking back at the history from the point of view of a colonial Spaniard. Um, and so he's going to refer to them as Aztecs and he's going to refer to, you know, the Tatuani as a king, but in the book themselves, in the story, they can refer to each other as Mexica and they refer to the king as the speaker. So they, they use uh, more proper terminology, whereas uh, he's calling it by the more pop culture terms for everything. So get a little bit of both. So what are the different tiers that our, um, fellow nerds can get into to back this project? Uh, cheapest one or like the basic one will be the, the PDF version of the comic and uh, they, they can have it in English or Spanish and besides the comic you will get uh, like a uh, how would I say it like another PDF with like sketches uh, the Kevin's investigation and some extras you know yeah. and then we got a, on like what things mean yeah then we're gonna have the physical comic that will be the second tier and uh, it will be only in English but you can also get the PDF for free if you get the, digital, uh, the physical comic. And then we get, well, what do we have after? I think it's the comic and um, what was it, Kevin? We got the postcards and stickers and stuff. Postcards, um, yes. And, and we had some other uh, tiers that were 
uh, things like um, uh, portraits people could order, uh, which which uh, Emmanuel would draw them, draw whatever they wanted in the not the Aztec style. And we had to limit it at first because you know that's the, you know he's going to put the time into the book. But as the uh, we were talking this week, we're going to add on this weekend back the some some additional uh, spots for those portraits. So if you want to order an Aztec style portrait from Emmanuel, he can do that for you. We're going to put those back on there and, and add some additional tiers. Uh, and, and we want to add more as we go, depending as, as, as it expands. So that's the idea. This is, I, I'm fairly new to Kickstarter. Manuel's done several Kickstarters before with his, with his other, uh, books that he's done and, and cards. Uh, this is my first real Kickstarter about 10 years ago. I tried one, uh, and failed miserably, but it was a spur of the moment decision. So there you go. <laughs> um, but, uh, but so, so we're still kind of figuring this out as we go and, and, uh, listening to, I was going to say fan feedback, but it feels weird to say fans when we don't have the product out yet. So let's just call it backer feedback. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you have you have folks that are into it; they're fans. <laughs> anyway, Emmanuel, we'll, we'll talk about this later. I think we might might want to do something later on to see if we can get you to do something for us uh, here uh, sure. for the com- <laughs> for the podcast. But yeah, no, totally available for commissions. <laughs> there you go. We'll, we'll put that in the bottom one. But available for commissions. Um, so the the digital version does that automatically come both in english and spanish or do you have to choose what my 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 vision for that is to have the spanish the english and the the additional material all in one file ah oh yeah why not like i was actually we never talked about it but like in my head like anyone can get like both if they want to you know we're just gonna like put the links there like you can download the spanish one here and uh, you can download the english version right here and it would have the Nahuatl the same and if you want to download the three of them go for it that works too. Yeah. Cool, cool. I uh, see. Do y'all? Um, did you talk about the stickers? I heard. I saw you. I heard you talk about the postcards, but I don't know. If so, you yeah, those are just. Those are just. That, yeah, those are just kind of added uh, with the uh, with the stretch goals because uh, the to, uh, for a lot of the people that have been talking to me, you know, the, the reason they want to keep pushing it is because they want to see the completed graphic novel, mm-hmm. and so we've been trying to add small little things on to the to the stretch goals that so we can put most of that money into expanding the work. So like. We're not we're not there yet, but if we can get it high enough, the goal is that we'd have chapter one and two completed just from this one Kickstarter campaign. That would be that would be amazing. Uh, I, I the thing is, I feel bad, not bad. That's the wrong word. I feel hesitant to immediately say, you know, we need to get to eight or nine thousand because, you know, like I said, it's our first uh, first finished uh, first full graphic novel, right? Um, but at the rate we're going, if, if it goes there, I mean, I'd be super happy to have that, and we'll have those first couple. Uh, chapters in the can before we continue the rest of the book. Um, anything else um, that we have glossed over that that we should probably talk about before before we close out here? Well, I just want to emphasize, you know, a lot of your a lot of your fans are going to be into you know horror and stuff, and and I got to say the first the first chapter is primarily you know action and and intrigue, but as the story continues. Um, I'm not going to shy away from a lot of the blood and guts that uh, that the Mexica were were proud of in their ancestry that they would talk about in their stories. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, I've heard a lot of people, heard different people say things like, "Well, the Spaniards exaggerated this, Spaniards exaggerated that," and that's true. They did. They they did demonize uh, the the native civilizations as much as they could, but in their own words, uh, the Mexica's own words, uh, that they they did do a lot of bloody things to people, and they were very proud of it. So that's not going to be shied away from. That's going to be in there. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to avoid cuss words and actual nudity, although implied possibly, mm-hmm. but, uh, but there will definitely be uh, a lot of violence. Well, this, um, this particular artwork, the, the last piece of like, I guess, sample that you all, you all have here on the, on the page, 
It's the it's you guys a version of the Aztec warrior holding up the princess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the I, most I actually, recent drawing that uh, Manuel did. Sorry, go ahead. I actually love this better than what I normally see with with other artists that do it because it's I, I don't know I feels it feels more authentic. It's not as as um, I feel I always feel that the the focus is on always on the girl <laughs> and the way that the way that the the the, uh, the body of the girl and I think this one I think it captures both characters really well. Take a look at her face, man. What what, what do you take away from with the face when you see that? <laughs> She's like really this guy. <laughs> yes, exactly. So so Emmanuel told me he wanted to recreate. Emmanuel told me he wanted to recreate that famous painting. Uh, and, and I said, all right, fine. But I just have one request. Make sure she looks like she's just having none of this. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's, it came out perfect. I was like, yes, that's the face. That's exactly, that's exactly her. <laughs> she is not a damsel in distress. She is not somebody to go be rescued, you know? So that is not, not her thing. Yeah, no, so that it, was a good, it definitely comes through. Yeah, that was a good drawing. I like it. I mean, uh, hopefully we'll use some, like that drawing or like something similar for uh, uh, the cover of issue two. Maybe, yeah, that maybe. yeah, Ooh. that exactly. That that's because that ties to something that happens in the second chapter, but it uh, it doesn't really apply to the first chapter yet. It's just a cool cool image to put up there. But uh, second chapter definitely that that would uh, come into play. Uh-huh. So uh, beyond the <laughs> um, do you have have any other projects um, planned or anything that you're all wanting to do? Emmanuel, tell uh, about the big project do. you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what happened is uh, we were uh, planning on launching the comic, or uh, yeah, Teotl in probably March this year. Yeah, but then something but, uh, happened in March that caused yeah, it to exactly. be less viable. I don't know what it was <laughs> that happened Guess in March what? 2020. Oh, man. <laughs> so, anyways, put her finger on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, that was the plan, the original plan, and it didn't happen for obvious reasons, of course. And uh, at that time, like Kevin, he, he he wanted to disappear for a little bit, and I didn't have a problem with it. He's I was like, in a dark uh, place, man. I think a lot of people were in a dark place at that time. <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I'm used to it. It's like you've been thrown into the dark. I was raised in it. <laughs> like at that point, I wasn't even going out for drinking or anything like that. So for me, it's just the same. It's the same, man. Anyways, so yeah, he, he disappeared for like a couple of months. And uh, he wanted to move the comic to towards like the end of the year, and I was cool with that. I was like, "Well, if you don't mind, I'm gonna work on something else." And he's like, "Yeah, go ahead." So, oh, this is lovely. But like, I started working on an RPG, kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, like, like the, a Dungeons and Dragons board game, to be more specific. Not 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 like the pen and paper version. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, well, it's gonna be based on the Aztec gods and Aztec warriors. So it's like gods against people. And uh, yeah, I worked for it on it. I worked on it for like maybe three months. I already got all the figures; they look beautiful. And uh, Kevin came back to me, <laughs> like any other girl. <laughs> like, no, I mean, we, we, were, we were still we were still in communication this whole time. No, I know. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I just wasn't in the Kevin, mood. Let, to let be me do creative. this dramatic, please. Like, this okay, all right, all right, all right. You tell you tell it dramatic. You tell it dramatic. <laughs> so Kevin came back to me. He's like, "I'm sorry, I disappeared. Like, I really like you. I want to be with you again." I'm like, "All right." But uh, you know what? I want you to take part of this uh, RPG. I want you to help me, and uh, so Kevin is going to be helping me, helping me uh, to write uh, not the campaigns. He has a different uh, word for I, it. I've been calling them scenarios because it's, it's, scenarios. it's not quite the same as a D and D campaign. But also, okay, okay. Uh, a lot of the flavor text. I'm working on on rewriting it, giving it a little bit of a of a little bit of a spruce up. But it's, mm-hmm. it's primarily Emmanuel's baby. Yeah, like uh, as I but said, it looks like, amazing. I had all the all the figurines that they're uh, finished. 
uh, all the cards because it's going to be something between Dungeons and Dragons and uh, Magic the Gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh. So we're going to oh, have okay. like, you know, the figurines and we're going to have cards like to have like powers or like extras like armor or weapons, etc. And uh, that all that is done. Like I finished with it. Uh, so now we're just like waiting until like we finish with the comic with like issue one, maybe issue two. And then we're going to launch the RPG. Well, I'm going to launch the RPG. And, uh, Kevin is going to be helping me. But, exactly. Yeah, that's, and then, then come back to the rest of the chapter after the rest of the graphic novel after that. Is that yeah, going to be a exactly. Kickstarter too? Uh, most likely, yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I got I mean, one guy. Uh, he sent me a message Brothers like, I would like, like right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, he he. This guy told me like he wanted to buy my game, and I'm like, dude, it's not even finished. Like, you haven't seen anything. He's like, well, yeah, but I'm very interesting. Interesting. The, the concept uh, of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like man uh, versus well, maybe, gods. It's great. Yeah. Well, like I had that guy and then uh, some other guy also like sent me a message that I never answered. Uh, like, I, I don't know these guys. <laughs> like, yeah, because like, I mean, how do you want to buy something you can't see? Like, I don't I don't believe you. I mean, maybe yeah. when it's done, when I have it on Kickstarter or like when I'm uh, doing the uh, campaign, the pre-campaign for Kickstarter. Right. Like, maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, well, I'm going to listen to you. What, what do you have to offer? But not right now. So, so far, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be on Kickstarter or that's the original yeah. idea. Oh, man, I'm excited. And then after that, we're going to try to do other projects too. For example, um, I, I would like to do some more comics uh, after Theoadle. Uh, I want to do the one I've been talking about with some people is is a also Mesoamerican inspired, but more modern take where where the characters Theoadle are like hyper masculine and hyper feminine. I want to do a little bit more modern teenager take of like uh, uh, of like retellings of Mayan and Aztec mythology, and uh, and then you know other other projects like that down the line too. So different things. Well, if um if y'all ever get to the point where y'all want to be doing some of these other like ghostly legends for, of Mexico, let oh, me yes, know. Definitely. I know definitely I've been, I've been plenty of those. <laughs> Manuel's got a lot of those, uh, kind of legends inside of his board game already. Like, uh, like oh, a lot of the monsters awesome. that you fight. Cause like, you know, you need, you can't have a D and D campaign without monsters. So right, he's right. basing yeah, yeah. the monsters off the, the legends of ancient Mexico. Oh, cool. Um, and this, I don't know. This, this is kind of in topic, out of topic. Um, do you all know the the one of the origin stories of La Llorona? I've heard different origin stories. Which well, one yeah, there are many. Like it's hard the to know one, which one is the first one. <laughs> the one that what what was her name? I'm trying to remember her name. Um, she was the, the one of the Indians uh, uh, women that that oh. fell, asleep, fell in love with one of the uh, Spaniards. You talking about La Melinche? Yes, yes. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. If fell in love is the right thing when you've been purchased. But well, yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that's that's the the latest one that I heard when I when I was doing my my um, my research. Cause I do a lot of research on on that kind of stuff because I, I really love the the uh, Mexican um, horror and Mexican um, folklore. Yeah, um, and I'm actually trying to do. I we recorded an episode a while back, and I just haven't been able to actually get it going. Um, where we did the um, El, el, what is it called? El Mariachi Negro. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So, so we, hey, we're trying to do some of that. I got a book suggestion stuff. for you. I got a book suggestion okay. for you. Okay. A friend of ours, David Bowles, is a professor uh, who covers a lot of uh, Mesoamerican history, and he also writes his own graphic novels and and uh, young adult novels uh, about you know Mesoamerican gods and stuff. But I have an older book of his called The Mexican Bestiary. And it it has uh, you know the guy that you're talking about. It's got uh, La Llorona. It has a bunch of others. Uh, so it's just it's, it's a, a actually, cool book to find. I actually need to get back with him because I I had a, I had asked him to be on the on the um, podcast, and then <laughs> I kind of got I kind of got sick. Um, I was just getting out getting out being sick, and um, 
It's like COVID, then, man. It's, it's going to get you. Yeah. It, no, it, no, it was. It was. <laughs> Legit. It really was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. damn. The wow. 2020. Was. Yeah. yeah. I, I have not had human contact in the past six months. Uh, I'm at one of the at-risk categories, so that's kind of why I've been uh, been a little bit uh, in the dark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, me, me too. We, we, um, <laughs> uh, we um, what's it called? Uh, well, did everything that we needed to do on our own just to make sure that we didn't get, we didn't get sick. And then all it took was just one person who decided not to, not to tell anyone that they were they had possibly takes. come in contact with somebody else, and that's what it, that's all it was. That's all it took. And it was some it wasn't someone like we were like oh like oh uh, super close for a long period of time. It was just a uh, what's it called in the same room kind of thing for a l- yeah, yeah. little bit of time, and that's all it took. So it just takes a second. Yeah, yeah. That's all. It, that's all it takes. Um, but yeah, no, I need to get back with him because I, I I was gonna get him on here for his and he he just launched in David July. David Bowles, not the person who got you sick. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah, David Bowles. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I don't know when I'm gonna sure. see that person again. <laughs> like I'm gonna get back to that person. <laughs> no, yeah, David Bowles. Um, he's also from from Brownsville, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's from down there, and and, and we actually, I it's strange. Even though he and I are both from Brownsville, we didn't meet until another Texas, you know, Comic Con. In so, Dallas. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, well, actually, no. Technically, I met yeah. him at an anime convention in Dallas, but but I've oh, but I've okay. worked with him at uh, at the Latino Comic Cons. Okay, okay. But yeah, um, he's got that new that new series, Thirteenth Street, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and I I really reached out to him because he's got the ghost stories of the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah, um, which I so wrote about when I was a reporter. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> so yeah, that's actually the reason why I write. Um, reached out to him, but then I started looking at his other stuff and he's like, I actually have 13th street. So I need to get back with him. Cause I, um, I don't want him to think that I just forgot about him. So the book, the book of his that I'm really excited about, he's got a graphic novel coming out with his daughter doing the art uh, called the rise of the halfling King. And it's all about this Mayan legend that he's retelling. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I need to get him on here and, and I need to do it quick now. Cause I'm, I feel like the longer I take, he's going to be, he's going <laughs> he's gonna to be like, ah, uh, this guy is going to just, he's going to message me again. And he's going to leave me here for a couple of months. <laughs> like someone I know. <gasps> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like that. What are you talking about? I don't know anybody yeah, like that. The shade, the shade, the shade. Yay. <laughs> Ooh. You, you can't see it in audio form, but there is a ton of shade coming from San Antonio all the way to Austin right now. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, but uh, no, uh, Greg, did you did you see the link that I sent you? Uh, here in the in the in the in the Zencaster chat. You know, it's uh, funny that you mentioned the Japanese cards. That's what you're talking about, right? Yes, yes. Because mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a relaunch in two weeks. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Greg is Greg. Uh, well, you can, you can tell him, Greg. Uh, so my I I'm a uh, uh, Japanese American. So I I know my name. It's totally not. <laughs> but uh, my grandma, like my <laughs> my uh, my grandma is Japanese. My mom grew up there. So, oh, okay, okay, Greg, I can sympathize with you, man. My name's Garcia, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like the whitest guy any of my friends know. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, no. I, I totally like. I, I'm, I'm super duper passing, like, like, like appearance wise, except for I get my, I get a tight fade on my hair, and then it's like people are like, they start talking to me in Spanish, and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> no, I know that's that's a joke. Like, no, my uncle and I, my uncle and I both like we we, we apparently look very Hispanic, right? So, um, like, no, that's believable. And we went to like when my my uncle lived in San Antonio for a while. I went down there, and we both like came out of the barber shop and like went to go eat, and people started talking to us, and they're like, we're like, 
we don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> How did they call you, mijo? Oh yeah, mijo. <laughs> no, they call it culo, man. Uh, <laughs> 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 I was like, this is the nicest place. <laughs> They're gonna be like a before before the episode where Kevin was saying they call him Bolio and he was like oh okay like oh it's white bread <laughs> well no but so like I, I um oh dude these are sick sorry I got lost in the Japan yeah Emmanuel's cards if you're looking at Emmanuel's cards man he's got several sets with like different like uh, I, I know it sounds like I'm hawking Emmanuel's stuff it's because I really do like it and I have uh, I have his mind and Aztec set at in my classroom at school back when you know we could use classrooms. Um, I might. And, and if you if you see him in person, he also sell, would sell uh, like Mayan and Aztec, or no, I guess Mayan dice, which was pretty cool. I have, a, I have some of those too. Oh yeah, I forgot about the dice. I love those, man. I love the Mayan dice. You need to make more of those. Uh, they need maybe, to come. They, well, I guess it wouldn't make sense to put them with an Aztec board game, but still, it looks cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I have an Aztec dice too. That's true. I'm going to. I think I'm going to end up getting the um, Loteria one that you have on your Instagram. Oh yeah, I have that too. I got a set for my brother actually. Yeah, you got like four sets, dude. What do you do with all of them? There's always somebody that wants one of those. Are you kidding me? O- always somebody. <laughs> so how you try to get girls? Like you give them a loteria? Doesn't work yet, but you. I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So anything else that um, we would you like to talk about? Oh, the only other thing I'd say is, is how to get a hold of us. I guess yeah. you know, like um, I, I have KevinGarcia.com. I mentioned earlier. I also have uh, MonoMythic.com or YouTube uh, youtube.com slash monomythic or facebook.com slash monomythic. That's a, a, a kind of a blog I created for myself just so I could, you know, when I was no longer being a reporter, but I could still write about the things I loved, you know, the uh, older legends, the stories, the superheroes, the gods, the monsters, that kind of stuff. But I, I mainly used it to just interview creatives who make those kind of stories. Cool. Um, and, uh, and then kevingarcia.com is just, you know, all of my stuff. Honestly, I suck at social media. I've been getting more people following me on social media. Um, I, I, first of all, will not friend somebody unless I know them in person or through a lot of digital uh, communication. But you know who's great at social media? Emmanuel. Emmanuel, how do they find you online, man? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 yes. No, actually, man, it's funny. Like, I'm just looking at Kevin's, like, how much he talks and compares like, to me. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, you guys can't see this on, on Zencast. It gives us a little bar of how much we're talking, and just mine just fills it up way uh-huh. too much. And uh, <laughs> like the, the question was simple: like Kevin, how can we find you online? Like that took like forty seconds. I'm like, dude, I was just gonna say manuelvaltierraillustrator.com. <laughs> if, if I don't make my answer larger or like longer, I will feel bad. Because like Kevin talked for like over a minute just to say like where to find him. Anyways. If you type on Google my name, Emmanuel Valtierra Illustrator, you can find my Instagram, my Facebook fan page, and uh, my website. And the only one with a different name is my YouTube channel, and that's uh, Codices Aztecas, Aztec Codex, the four words. And that's how you find me on YouTube. Tell them about the cartoons on your YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Well, I have some uh, small videos that I directed. Uh, they're like small stories about uh, Aztec culture. We have something like uh, Tepeyolotl, like the god of the earthquakes. We have about the god of dead. We have about uh, the Solus Quintles, uh, the dogs. And they're just small stories. Uh, they're about like three, between three and five minutes long. But they're like myths uh, worth watching, I mean, or like worth listening to. Yeah, bite sized cool. mythology. I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was, I was clicking through here um, as we were talking. 
Yeah. Oh man, it's easy to get lost in this in 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 your stuff, Emmanuel. I, I'm thanks, I just thanks. like I just followed you like that. Snap. <laughs> but I heard someone else. I heard someone else doesn't like it when people follow. Or not 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 doesn't like it, but I don't know. Did I get that? Well, right? I mean, that's what like, Instagram is for. Or like, <laughs> are we talking about Instagram? Yeah. Like, no, I'm following you on your personal Facebook. No, I mean, I like... Like, I'm already followers. sending stuff to your house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already I mean, looking food, at your house. house. <laughs> Dude, if I was a girl, I would totally be, be getting those creeps. <laughs> You'd be <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm I got a wish what, list. What you're saying, Emmanuel, is that you just need to change your profile pic. That's all you're going to say. I know, right? No, look, I don't want that. Like, you know, maybe some of my uh, female here. artists have told me, like, you're looking to be a man. Like no, it's, it's true. I have a, we have a lot of friends that are in the, the Latino and Latina artist community. And it's just the, the different uh, blowback you get, you know, based on gender and race and other things. It's, it's mm-hmm. uh, look, I, I'm a super white hetero male guy. So it's like, you know, I, I, I screw you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just messing with you, Kevin. Go ahead. Please. I'm sorry. That's all I gotta say. I'm done. Yeah. Well, that was short. Derail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh. trying to, I'm trying to. Trying, no, that wasn't derail. That was literally where I was <laughs> gonna stop. I'm trying to keep it brief. Uh, Greg, Greg, Greg. Yeah. Uh, you you need to go to Emmanuel's um, Instagram. Go all the way down. Yeah. He's got Jason Pennywise and and Leatherface in the Aztec uh, style. I'm going. I'm yeah, going. I, I want to rework those uh, drawings for this Halloween. Like, I want to make them better. If I, I have time, because I'm going to be out of the country, but like, I'll have like maybe one week before Halloween, like to be home. And I want to do that. I want to yes. redraw like uh, horror movie uh, characters. And I want to do calaveras. I don't know if you know what calaveras are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? What is um. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is it? <laughs> 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 Sugar skulls? See, that's what I said too. And that's not what, he, that's not what he's talking oh, okay, about. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Talking about. okay uh, a calavera, I mean, besides being a skull, is uh, a verse in rhyme that tells a story of any character you want when they're about to die and the dead comes to get them. Ah, okay. That's what it's called. I mean, it's also a skull, of course. But so uh, like I, a short I, I was poem. a sugar so, skull. So like, yeah, so like we're, it is also. But, but like we're like haikus are like mm-hmm. short little verse about nature and about, about emotion. This is a, a short little verse about memorial and also about like the, the, uh, the greatness of somebody's life. And it's meant to be funny. Like you have yeah. to laugh when you read it. So I want to do that with like some of my, um, well, yeah, deceased um, artists that I like. Like maybe I want to do John Lennon and uh, I want to pick like a, a couple of Mexicans. I want to do Chespirito. So I want to create like some oh, calaveras yeah. with them. And I was going to ask Kevin if he wanted to help me with a couple of them too. Mm-hmm. That's I, the first can, I heard about that. But yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I know you can do it. I mean, you, you saw it and you were like, oh, this is easy for me. So, oh, I, yeah. I did not. I didn't say easy for me. I said I could do it. <laughs> uh, as much as I love writing and talking, poetry is not my strongest suit, but I do love it. We well, it's not poetry. It. It's more like like a like comedy. I mean, a comedy oh, yeah, yeah, rhyme. That, that's why I said. That's why I said I like it, and I and I would do it. That's why I like it. Yeah, yeah I remember you said like, oh, it's for babies. Like, okay. So those those guys that are, that are listening right now, everyone who's listening right now, um, go go to my other thing because there's not only those right but there's also i'm continuing to scroll down here yeah i see banjo kazooie there mm-hmm. um Pokemon. roshi okay, he's got all the yeah. smash brothers he has all the yeah. smash brothers characters oh my gosh not all of them but like most of them most of them that's true there's like uh, almost 90 now in yeah. fact uh yeah, I have like another 50 one this week. something 60 something a, a new one this week. i know a new one this week 
<laughs> so yeah, y'all uh, check out his his uh, Instagram, and uh, you'll see a bunch of them. He's got is that Mario and Luigi? What is that? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my gosh! <laughs> How do you know, Kevin? Because <laughs> look, you oh, don't you know this. But a I, virus I, to their computer, and now you're watching what they're you're watching. You're not supposed right? to tell them that. I knew it because you did the same to me. <laughs> look, you got you got to know, man. You got to know. <laughs> No, this is this is pretty cool. Uh, so I'll make sure I'll make sure to put the links to both the both of y'all's uh, social media and and where and websites and all, so that people can keep on keep on um, following y'all. Uh, not not literally, <laughs> but that's right. What's, what's, what's a few stalkers now and then? That's yeah, true. I did yeah. the same. Right, right. But no, thank you guys very much for for joining us here today. Oh, thanks for the invitation. Very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll um, probably be more talkative if it wasn't at nine a.m. in the morning. <laughs> the way I joke, it will be like three times more if it was 9 p.m. Because I will have a glass of wine right next to me. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else, Greg? No, I, I'm I'm super excited about this. I can't wait to to see this uh, all complete and in people's hands because this is going to be a this is this like one the art is amazing too. The story sounds awesome. So people get out there and back this thing. That's my, my big push I'm doing it right now. All right. Well then we're going to go ahead and leave it there. And we're going to have our second interview here for, um, available on Kickstarter episode three coming on. We'll be talking to miles grab. Uh, we're going to be talking about hit about his upcoming, uh, Kickstarter campaign. Um, after the gold rush, we'll join that interview right here. Oh yeah. We got a, we got a, a fun one here. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. How about you go ahead and introduce our, our guest, Greg? Ah, oh, well, this guest needs little to no introduction at all. Well, I mean, he does to our to our fans, but for myself, I I'm pretty excited to to bring on uh, a person I've shared uh, numerous numerous convention experiences with over the last uh, several years here uh, in the Seattle area, and uh, and talked about science, comics, and other things. The writer and creator of After the Gold Rush. Uh, we have Miles Greb with us today to talk about his Kickstarter after the gold rush. Yeah, Welcome, thanks for having Miles. me on, guys. It's uh, pretty darn early. It's 6 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> uh, the super morning, as we call it. But, uh, you know, I'm always happy to talk about comics, and it's good to see you guys because I haven't got to see you during cons this year because uh, we live in the apocalypse. I know. Was that? I saw a meme the other day. It's yeah. like, we live in the apocalypse. The only difference is that uh, we can still get Starbucks. True. Yeah. I guess. I guess. I, as long as we have coffee, we it's the pockets is, is. I guess it's all. It's all right. I guess. I, I'm. I'm trying some death they wish had coffee. Starbucks and uh, idiocracy, but oh. it wasn't quite the same. I'll look. I'll look. We passed that a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? What is the project that you're going to uh, talk to us about today? Sure. So, um, you know, for the last five years, I've been working on my series after the gold rush. Uh, you may have heard of it. If not, it's a return to optimistic science fiction. It was uh, really inspired by my love of like uh, Star Trek growing up and then kind of my um, disappointment seeing um, science fiction of my era, especially in comics and sci fi shows, being so pessimistic about the usefulness of science in our lives. Like, Almost every technological advancement I would see was shown to like make the world worse. Like if we built AI, it, w- it would shoot us. You know, if we built spaceships, it would cause us to 
you know, build a giant ring around the earth and abandon it and it would get destroyed. Everything was just always so like, like science didn't teach us things, you know, like it wasn't useful. It, it was a lot of Cold War kind of fears of science and it made me really sad. And so I wanted to make a series that kind of um, brought back that that love of exploration and love of understanding. And so that's what my series after the Gold Rush is. And um, finally, after people have asked me year after year to release a trade paperback, I have the complete first series up on Kickstarter right now. And uh, you can get your book or if you want to check out the series and have never like heard of it before, uh, issue one and number two are actually on Webtoons. and You can read them for free so you can check it out. And if you like it, uh, then you can buy the book proper or if not, uh, you can, I don't know, read something else. <laughs> if you don't like it then fine <laughs> that's that's, that, that's the one thing about miles is that he's very very direct <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> if you don't like it if you don't so, it's yeah. just what it is so star trek um yeah i love star trek yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah actually, it used to be pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i am um, it's it's really weird because uh, a couple of years ago I didn't I had never even watched an episode of Star Trek until I watched the reboot, and then I'm like, hey, you know, there's some, there's something about this, so I went in back and actually watched all the original series, and um, that's good. I, I like the second gotta... part of your sentence a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so you watched the original series though? That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I have a a thing where I can't just start with the new stuff. I have to go for the beginning. Yeah, I get you. Um, like a year and a half ago, I started watching Doctor Who, but I didn't watch the new Doctor Who. I watched the OG sure. Doctor Who first. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've never, then, I've never been super into Doctor Who. I don't like having anything against it. I don't think it's bad. It just never really hooked me, you know. All right, this interview's over. <laughs> oh fuck! Well, that's that's all right, man. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> no, I know. Um, no, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, old school and new and new school is very different. I think it's the same thing as with with Star Trek. Star Trek. It's just a big different uh, feeling, um, especially now. There's more, uh, like you said, it's not it's not as optimistic as a as it used to be. True. Yeah, so, I think that people have somehow lost the inspiration to write those kind of stories. They can't see the world getting better. I think, which is unfortunate because it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to look out your window in this particular year and not have faith, <laughs> but you know, you got to look at things over larger periods of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's let's uh, talk about about you and how you got to this point here. Um, you know, well, I've read comics since I was little. Like Fantastic Four is the first book I read, and then Amazing Spider-Man. And you know, I mostly just read Marvel growing up until I got a little older. And then I got really into, you know, a bunch of different image books and stuff. But um, I, I've always loved comics because it, it's really kind of the special personal experience. You know, when you uh, watch a movie, it's really easy to share it with your friends. When you read a book, of course, you have the intimate experience. But the only kind of time you get to, like, really watch something visual and literary at the same time like that really is a comic. You know, you turn off your TV, you're not playing a video game or anything. You're just kind of like hanging out in your bed reading a book. But you also like get this really dynamic visuals that tell a story like nothing else can. It, it's a really interesting medium. And also comics like have this tradition of like this long form storytelling, which can be a problem. But 
it, when it works, you know, it's just kind of cool to be like every couple of weeks you get new issues of your favorite characters and it's just not like anything else. And I've always just really loved that about comics. And um, when it came time to tell the stories I wanted to make, I just, I didn't see any other option, but comic books for me. Cool. And when did you actually start doing comics? Um, Cause you've had, uh, you have a couple of uh, projects under your belt, right? Yeah. Uh, after the gold rush one came out um, about four and a half years ago, um, that was my first book I ever made and I put it up on Kickstarter and luckily people backed it for some reason and it did really well. <laughs> so, um, I got to make more and then I went on to make Clovis, which is a pre-American graphic novel about a young mother looking for her lost son in, um, the early North American wilderness, uh, 14,000 years ago. And it's like a scientifically accurate look at the region. You get to see all kinds of megafauna, you know, the large mammals that used to exist in North America at the time. And it tells a really important human story because like the Clovis people were some of the first people to ever enter North America. You know, they're an important part of our collective history, but we don't really talk about them because we don't have a lot of anthropology that's like solid and backed up on them. So I tried to use as much information I could that was factual and extrapolate it on a way I thought was reasonable and respectful to kind of like give people a reason to think about this time and kind of honor it. So that that's my graphic novel Clovis, which is uh, complete. It's done. It's out. You can buy it on my website, or if you back after the Goldish on Kickstarter, you can actually for forty dollars get both books. So that's a pretty good deal. Wait, both books? That's a that's a steal. Yeah, you can get both books for forty dollars. So cool, cool. I would do so, that if you haven't. Pretty, pretty <laughs> smart deal. That's the yeah. that's the smartest one to do. That is. Yeah. So. uh at this point here, we're we're doing the trade paperback. You said how many issues are mm-hmm. we putting together here in the in the Kickstarter campaign that we're currently? Um, uh, there, there's promoting. five issues. The first four, yeah, the first four are 22 pages, and the last one's 32 pages, kind of like an an annual. Is it's also collecting the web pages and all the additional art we've done, like the scientists of the issues. So there's a whole bunch of cool extra stuff in there, especially if you're a, a, a fan of. Um, like Cosmos or other kind of shows that talk about science in a kind of grandizing romantic way. There's a bunch of extra content there you'll enjoy. And who is the, the additional team? Uh, who else is helping you or has helped you with the, with the project? Sure. So the original concept artist and inker for the first few issues is Isaac LaRosa. We still design most of the characters together. And, you know, he was pretty fundamental in um, giving the world a lot of its look. You know, we worked on everything to, together pretty closely but he has a a great um ability to give uh really personal kind of like looks and uh motion to their characters which really helped me flesh them out and but now ellie is the inker on the last two issues and she's done a phenomenal job as well uh she's really great at like wilderness landscape kind of stuff which is an important part of the book because like there's, there's this aesthetic kind of contrast in After the Gold Rush of like the high tech Star Trek utopia and then like this early American frontier style. And that, that works really well with her style. So I'm glad to be working with her as well. And uh, the cover for the trade paperback is actually by uh, Milsei Kim, who is a uh, South Korean artist who I've worked with a few times and I really love her style. And I think the cover looks great. I'm I'm very proud of it. I really dig the the style of the, of the whole thing. It looks pretty cool. It looks um I'm not really sure what this, what it reminds me of, but but it really looks it looks um 
looks really nice. It looks real, uh, uh, what's it called? Clear and I like clear. colors. I like Crisp. the way it looks. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It, it's it's kind of weird because like when, when looking at some of the pages that are on display in the Kickstarter, uh, I can, it, it's, it might sound kind of weird, but I can smell the leaves <laughs> in my head. Yeah. You know, yeah, we have a scratch and sniff pages on the, the website, not on the actual book. <laughs> it's a new technology oh, man. that I've patented, but I won't sell it because I'm not a sellout. <laughs> I love it. So, so people go to the website, scratch your screens, and sniff the yeah. smells. Yeah, that's what and I then and let, let us know, know what you. It, yeah, like <laughs> I have, I have this kind of like dual love for, um, like, you know, I was raised in California, and that's where the gold rush was, of course, right? And like mm-hmm. my my grandmother lived right near the setter mine which was like where the first gold nugget was found so i'd always go to like those old gold mines and those museums and stuff and there's all this kind of like frontier imagery and stuff so i really like kind of fell in love with that david crockett kind of um aesthetic you know and i love things that are like tree i just like trees you know and yeah. i wanted to always put trees in my book um i don't really like like the macabre and dark gritty stuff as much i just like trees and uh, I kind of wanted to combine my love of those things with uh, my love of um, science fiction. So that's kind of the the hybridization that you see in After the Gold Rush. Yeah, I like. You know, if you were to remove some of the texture, it actually looks like a like a, like a, a piece of art that you can just you don't you'll find it hanging around somewhere. Yeah, it's well, pretty cool. It is art, so I hope. I hope <laughs> well, I mean, I mean <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is it is a is a, something you you'd find uh, on a wall. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I, I'm lucky to work with a lot of fantastic illustrators, and I think we make some good stuff together. Yeah, it looks, it looks pretty cool. Let's talk about the uh, campaign. What different tiers do you have for, for this? Yeah, so the main thing is the book, and it's like 25 bucks. You know, just for the book, you get it's like a 160, 170-ish pages, trade paperback, you know, nice glossy paper. Uh, if anyone's bought my stuff at cons before, you know that I always... Uh, have really good quality, like actual paper and content and everything, because I'm snooty about that. So that's like just the main thing. You just want the book. Um, we also have a, a print um, um, by Melissa. You may be familiar with her book, Above the Cloud. She's a fantastic artist, very like enchanted, um, very smooth kind of style. Um, you can see that there. You can get a bookmark and her additional print for just $10 more, um, which her print's fantastic. So I recommend doing that. Uh, we also have enamel pins of Scout, who is our main hero. She's the last scientist who returns to Earth to find it in the state of wilderness that it's in. Um, we have one of the early concepts arts that Isaac drew of her in an enamel pin. Um, there's only a hundred of those made, so they'll probably go by the end of the week. So if you do want one, I I pick one up. Um, we also have a variant cover um, drawn by Isaac in watercolor, which we'll only be printing, I think, like 40 of. Um, so the first come, first serve on those as well. Uh, we have T-shirts. If you want to show people how sophisticated your taste in indie comics are, you can get one of those. Uh, those are about thirty dollars because I, I go for the nice premium cotton stuff, not the janky like ones with the tags in the back that nobody likes. Ooh. Um, also, if you're a fan of After the Gold Rush uh, and, and you really like Isaac's style, we have four different hand-drawn pieces from him, actually hand-inked and signed with four of our main characters that are up on the site. One of them has sold already and three remain. Um, Those are unique, one-of-a-kind things that I kind of wanted to keep, but I put them up on the Kickstarter so people can grab them if they want to. Um, But like I said, uh, you can read issue one and two on Webtoons for free. 
you can either use Google or just link from the Kickstarter itself. So you can check out the book and see if you believe in my writing and my illustrator's ability to tell a great story. And once you're convinced of that obvious fact, then you can go pick up the book. <laughs> Direct. The, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, looking at those those uh, four drawings that you said that you all have. Um, I'm trying to figure out which one which one I would want if I if I can afford it. <laughs> He's like, oh, these all look really great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to let him go. I I kind of wanted to keep them, you know. <laughs> I don't have a lot of original art from the the book itself, you know. The artists keep that, but uh. So does he does he um, do I, everything by hand and then go digital, or is it all how how does that done? Um, I Isaac uh did the first three issues all hand drawn ink, so he has the original pages himself. Mm-hmm. Um. Ellie does hers all digital and we actually have a video of her drawing some of the pages from after the gold rush four on my YouTube. If people are bored enough to watch that kind of thing. People, people love that kind of stuff. So check it out. They, they, if they, yeah, if I mean, I like it. it. It's cool seeing. Yeah. It's cool seeing like the things that you write come to life, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's no like hip hop music played over it or anything. It's just me talking. So is it the process? I mean, the, just to see, just to see it all, yeah. all come together. I mean, if you, if you've always wanted to see how the creative process works, uh, to to listen to a writer uh, and creator talk about the process and then see the artist actually uh, make it happen, it's it's a beautiful thing. I mean, in most cases, I mean, you yeah, have to I have listen a few to you more talk. of those videos for. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> Um, I have a few more of those videos for my uh, young adult series, uh, Puck the Artist, um, which is a, a, yeah, it's a comic uh, about a world where everything exists is drawn into existence, but color has been lost. And, um, I kind of have, uh, Garrett, who I co-created the book with, draw some of our main characters. And I talk about like why he's drawing them the way that he is and how we design them and kind of like their, their looks and how you can see that the little lines and. Uh, wrinkles and smirks are all like part of the character design. So if you want to hear somebody talk about like the deliberate design of their characters, those would be some good videos to watch on my YouTube. So and and is this under under your name on YouTube or do you have a handle? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just Miles Grab. Okay. Just see. for anybody that oh, wants oh, to go check it I'm out. I'm not a big YouTube guy. I mostly post that stuff on the Kickstarter updates and stuff, or like on my Patreon. But I also put them on YouTube. I don't really rock out the YouTube too much because I don't just really got to remember to say smash that like button um, and subscribe. I do it all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna say that, but but that's <laughs> that is what the people say. Yeah, they're they're on my YouTube, which is just Miles Grab. You know, I like I said, I just kind of host stuff there to share it elsewhere. So it's yeah. like I'm not like a big YouTuber. Um, I'll make sure to to put the. I don't the say, link like, in the description. What's up, guys? Be sure to subscribe. I don't really say that. I, I want to see you do that with like a magic card opening. What's up, guys? It's Miles here, and I'm opening up some magic cards. Check it out. I pull the land. We're gonna sit here until y'all hit. <laughs> we're gonna sit here until y'all hit subscribe. Pull, pull the land. Oh, got another land. Oh, oh my god! This is a good. A, uh, I do have a. I, I, there is a card box opening on my YouTube actually, and it's the. Highest liked video of all <laughs> See, um, I have a video where I open a box of uh, Star Wars CCG, and it's like by far the most liked video I have on there. I don't understand there what it is so. about card openings, dude. Like, I opened a pack of Pokemon cards, and people like went berserk for that, but nobody cares that like I talk about yeah. comics. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, comics are lame, dude. Like they're not even comic movies. What's the point? I know it's true. It's so sad. Or video games. People like video game stuff. You should talk about your video games. That's that's another thing Miles likes. Um, dude. Well, I I wrote a video game and was paid for it, but it will never come out. Well, so that kind of sucks. Yeah, that does suck. You said you were up like all night. What was that Kickstarter related? Or was that? Oh uh, no, I'm playing Miles. Final Fantasy XI. I'm oh. playing it right now, actually. I'm talking <laughs> Dude, about. he's doing it during the interview, Saul. Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, it's better than falling asleep. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I'm trying to get my dragoon Other... armor to plus three because it because yeah. it ups my uh, jumps. So, yeah, so you know you're sitting there with your thumb, you're just sitting there with your thumb grinding it out like <laughs> thumb in run. <laughs> I, I'm doing what needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What other information um, do do you have about this Kickstarter that maybe that we haven't uh, even talked about or even yeah, brought up? Tell it, tell us your secrets, um, well, dude, because you're almost one hundred percent. It's the absolute best, and if you don't back it, you're a jabroni. Ooh, <laughs> he's oh, calling people out. Well, he's like no. the the goal is like six thousand five hundred, and they're at four five thousand four hundred sixty four dollars, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like he's got secrets. Yeah, the, the first the first full day. We, well, I don't know, man. I don't got secrets. It just, uh, I don't know. I got good taglines, I think. They're evocative. Uh, you know? Uh, like, uh, the artists I work with are really good. They're able to get the idea across pretty well. Uh, I'm lucky to kind of, like, be the only guy writing, like, the particular genre that I'm really writing. Mm-hmm. Like, the very niche part of it. And yeah. so I think that, like, I people just wanted that. And I got some people that, like, really appreciate it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the secrets of Kickstarter are. Like people, there's people who do way better than me. You know, like there's people that got a book with like a girl and her tits are hanging out and they make thirty million dollars and like <laughs> they don't even have a story. So like those people really know what's going on. But uh, I I'm really I'm really content and happy that I've been able to sell as many books as I have just because I make them all out of my room. You know, I just have a one bedroom room here in seattle because you know how seattle is and uh oh yeah i moved over here from california to write and i ended up writing and enough people buy my books i get to keep making them so i'm really happy for that and it uh it feels good cool cool um anything else that you want to tell us about yourself anything coming up after this um the next thing i will probably do is my new book that i've been working on called uh, do dog-headed men have souls hmm and uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Oh, do dog-headed men have souls? Yep, that's that the name said? of the book. Huh. Yep, that's the okay. name. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to be left in mystery and so figure out what that is. Yeah, and I'll and I'll and it looks like I'm going to be working with Zach Harchong again on that, who's the person I worked on with Clovis. Okay. And um, one little bit of news that some people who follow me might be interested in is um, I made a Dune fan comic a while ago. Um, <laughs> Uh, that was uh, protested by uh, the the fake heir apparent. And, um, you know, a lot of people liked it, um, but we were asked not to do any more of it. But we're going to, and uh, we're going to make five more pages to put out for the fans. Like, this one's called Zune. Uh, <laughs> it's not the no, same thing. No, I'm going to call it Zune. I'm, I'm not doing that. It's a... Uh, I'm I'm doing this out of love for Frank Herbert, you know, and that's what it's for. So I'm allowed to do that. This is America. Oh, there you go. 
<laughs> for a while at least we'll see <laughs> we'll see we'll see how many more um more years of the apocalypse could um, come up um yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, so we'll know in a month <laughs> so that um I want to go ahead and thank you. Am I forgetting anything? Am I? Were, are we leaving anything out? That we no, dude. You you have a fantastic memory. You're a great guy. <laughs> I think we hit it all. Uh, I want to thank you, Miles, for for joining us here. And guys, you're gonna be able to find the link in the, in the of the Kickstarter here in the episode description. Get out there. As of today, there's still 29 days ago. A little bit less than a little bit more than a thousand dollars to to fund completely. I'm more than certain you're going to hit that in the next in the next uh, day or so, actually, because, I mean, how many days have, was this Kickstarter going? Uh, about 30. So. Oh, OK. Yeah, it'd be really <laughs> well, nice wow, that, to get over that goal. Wow. So you just started if, like a day. If ago? we do especially well. Yeah, it's about a day old. Um, oh, wow. We're, we're if, right uh, on this one. If we do. Us, yeah. If we do especially well, if we make like $35,000, I'm going to upgrade everybody's book to a hardcover. And the, after the gold rush on the front is going to be uh, foil stamped. Oh. Um, so the book would be a lot nicer. Everyone will get that upgrade for free. So no one have to owe me any more money. You'll just get a much nicer book. Um, but we got to make 35 grand because it, it costs like, like all 10, 11 ish to print those books. And then everyone's shipping is going to be more on my end. But uh, I'd be really, I'd be awesome to do that. I want the golden foil stamping, really. I mean, the book's called After the Gold Rush. How cool will it be to be in gold? So uh, back the book, back it often, and share. Oh, my gosh. You did it. He did it. Smash that button. Yep. Smash that like button. And, um, well, like I said. Uh, this is what happens you... when you talk to me at 6 in the morning, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if you have any other projects, let us know uh, whether you're you get come back on the podcast to talk about them or not. We'll be make sure to we'll make sure to go ahead and actually get the, the links out so people can 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 go ahead and um, take a look at them. Thank you for showing up so early here. Um, I know, especially on the West Coast, it's uh, extremely early. Uh, you guys back this yeah, one thanks up. Thanks for having me, man. And um, we'll see you guys next time here on Nerd from the Crypt. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.